Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Hebrews 4, verse 1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Unquote. Now there are over 7,000 promises in the word of God from God to man. As one uh, has stated, there are 7,487 promises of God to man. That's a lot of promises. And these promises there are required in obedience for man to live, to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's not just as simple as Jesus to come into your heart. There's a sanctification process. And that sanctification process is to come to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, the fullness of the image of Jesus. Not partial, not just being born again of a little baby, the newborn babes that they desire, then sincere most of the word, then they grow their body. But then you grow. And then from there, you go to little children. We see that in 1 John 2, 12 through 14. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, born again, and they have something more than a newborn babe. And they've known the Father. They know that Jesus is the Father of glory. He is the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty. Now, that is knowing the person of Jesus, that he is that person, singular, not a trinity but one person, God Almighty, the omnipotent is Jesus Christ. There's not another. In the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things, which must shortly come to pass, it and signified it by his angel unto John, stated in Revelation 1.8, the bottom line, that Jesus is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty God. We find that that man of sin, the son of perdition, that goes into perdition. I'm talking about the kingdoms of the world, the little horns there, ten kings that receive no power as yet. They, their ten kings, three fall and one comes up, that little horn, speaking great things against the God of gods, against the Lord Jesus Christ. He is of the eighth, he's the eighth, and he's of the seven. And he was and is not. And it states it again. He was and is not and yet is. What does that mean? Well, Jesus is, was, and is to come. There's no end to Jesus. He is the everlasting God. The Antichrist that's in a spiritualism, that spirit of the dragon, that gives that man his seat and great authority, is, was, and is not, and yet is. He is, is, was, and is not. Jesus is, was, and is to come. The Antichrist is, is, was, and is not. There's an end to him in the spiritualism, even though they work miracles, signs, and lying wonders, with all the deceivableness of them that perish. So it behooves us to know these promises of God. Paul said it's so important that we are to take heed lest a singular promise slip any of us, that we should seem to come short of entering into his rest, not our rest, that rest of God, that eternal rest, there remaineth the rest of the people of God. 
If Jesus had given the rest, he would not have spoken of another day. He did speak of another day. He said the time is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and those that hear shall live. It is a constant growing up into Jesus and obedience to the voice of God. That's what we see in Revelation, the second and the third chapter. In Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Jesus is speaking to each one of them. The voice of the Lord coming to each church. Jesus stated that. I stand at the door and knock. That's the door of your heart. And if any man will hear my voice, we have to hear the voice of God in order to obey it. That requires a total consecration, not just haphazardly shaking the preacher, the pastor's hand, joining a denomination, and they're telling us we're saved. That's just not the case. It is a sanctification process that Jesus stated, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The word of God is the truth, the spirit of truth. Now, Jesus stated that in John John, uh, 16, and as he spoke about the truth, he said, I have many things to say unto you, disciples. The word of God, spoken from Jesus himself, said, but you're not able to bear them now. But when the spirit of truth has come, the Holy Ghost, he will lead you, he will guide you into all truth, not partial truth. That's why it's expedient, expedient for us that we obey and enter into all the promises of God. And the question is, why? Well, it's through these exceedingly great and precious promises, 7,487 of them from God to man, that we are, that in obedience to these promises, are made protectors of his divine nature, holiness. Now, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. We see that in Hebrews 13 states, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Well, how do you become a a protector of his divine nature, holiness, not a dress code, not just the sanctification of the flesh, but sanctification of the spirit in belief of the truth. That's how we're saved. And anyone that says it's just one scripture does not know the word of God. When we see that Paul states very plainly to the church at Thessalonica and also Peter as well, when they start talking about what it's going to take to make it into the kingdom of heaven, Paul talks about a time of deception. The Antichrist deceives the whole world. But how? How can that possibly be? Well, Revelation tells us through these lying wonders that he does in the sight of the beast that deceives all them that are in the earth that have not the seal of God in their forehead through the miracles that he had power to do. These are lying wonders. And we see there in the second letter of Paul to the church at Thessalonica, He states that this coming of the Lord, the second advent, when he comes the second time with that son of salvation, for the salvation of his saints, those that are sanctified holy, that are in the image of Jesus Christ, 
It's coming back for a perfect church without spot, without blemish. Anybody that says different, that we'll learn it and get perfection in the sweet by and by, do not know what they're talking about. The Holy Ghost is given to us now. Present truth of the word of God to lead us and guide us into all truth. He's coming back for a bride without spot, without blemish, that's made herself ready. And Paul talks about the coming of the Lord to gathering together to him, the rapture of the Harpazo. And he states in 2 Thessalonians 2, that day will not come. The coming of the Lord, the second advent, the rapture of the church, until there come a falling away first and a man of sin be revealed. Well, what falling away? Well, Paul tells us expressly in 1 Timothy 4, verse 1, the Spirit itself speaketh expressly that in the latter's days some shall depart from the faith. They had to be in the faith. Jesus said if it were possible to deceive the very elect, and those there will fall away from the faith. How? Giving heed to the seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, having the conscience there with a hot iron. He goes on. What are these seducing spirits? They're spirits of devils working miracles. It's a trinity, false god, that does not confess that Jesus is the father of glory. The man is the father revealed. The son of God is Emmanuel, God with us. You've seen him, you've seen the father. Jesus stated in John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, the father of glory. You shall die in your sins. This they understood not expected them of the father. They still do not understand that today. That's the reason Mr. Babylon, the great mother of hearts and abominations of the world cannot wear the blue. She's clothed with scarlet, purple. Scarlet, she preaches the blood of Jesus. She's clothed with purple. She'll preach the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But she cannot wear the blue. Well, that is simply because blue is the Father. The heavenly expanse is the Father. That blue denotes the Father of glory. And she cannot wear the blue. She will never confess that Jesus Christ is the Father. She will confess uh, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God that's come in the flesh. Not God that's come in the flesh. And that's where she messes it. It's close, but it's alive. It seems that's right to the natural mind, but it's a false doctrine. We find that great is the mystery of godliness, the godlike. First Timothy 3.16. For God was manifest in the flesh. Not the Son of God. God was manifest in the flesh. The Father of glory was manifest in the flesh. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's First Timothy 3.16. God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the Spirit. Thane of angels. Preached to the Gentiles. Believed on in the world. Received up into glory. That's the Father of glory, Jesus Christ. Now, there's a mystery there. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Paul states, stated it. But he also told us what that mystery is. Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. To the full assurance of the knowledge of the understanding of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. The mystery of God is God is the Father. And the mystery of Christ is Christ is the Father. Christ is God. They're one and the same. What Paul is stating there. 
There's not a trinity there. For God is the Father. The Father is God. Christ is the Father. Christ is God. God is the Father. God is Christ. It's one and the same Spirit. And there is where we have the revelation of Christ. It hasn't been taught in the denominational church world. There we have to have the doctrine of Christ. That's the foundation of the whole church. In Matthew 16, the doctrine of Christ was given and by Jesus himself. And he says, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Well, some say to John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. But who do you say I am? Asking his disciples who he is, the I am that I am. Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Christ, not a Christ. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You're the Messiah. You're the God manifest in flesh. You are that one that was to come manifesting God in a tabernacle, revealed, manifested, that we read about in Genesis 3.15. God speaking to the serpent. I want to put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. I'm going to bruise his head, and thou will bruise his heel. Not her heel, his heel. First proto-evangel, the first messianic promise, the Christos, the Christ. God manifest. And we find that in Matthew 16. Jesus said, who do you say I am? That's the I am that I am. That said, I am that I am in Exodus 3 with Moses on the top of Mount Sinai. God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. What's his name? I am that I am. Then Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say I am? Who do you say that I am that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Simon Bar-Jonah, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my father which is in heaven. Upon this rock, thou art Peter, changes his name. Peter, Petros, a piece of the rock. Then he states, upon this rock, I will build my church. That's the foundation. We get off of that foundational truth. Then whatever we build their own will fall. And Jesus said, I like it to him. That is a wise man that dig deep. Go through the sand. Don't build your house upon the sand. Dig deep. Go through all the sand doctrine of men, the shifting doctrine of men that tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. I like it to him to a wise man that dig deep and founded a rock. That rock is Christ. And then when he found that rock, he built his house upon that rock. Then when the storms came, the winds blew and the floods beat against that house. It stood because it was founded upon the rock. That rock is Christ. The revelation of Christ is essential for salvation. You'll see that in 1 John 5 verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the God, the Father revealed in a body of flesh, the Spirit of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory is the Spirit in you. It's the Father in you. We see that, that there's one body, one Spirit in whom you're called with one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, 
one God who's above all, Father of us all, and in us all. Christ is the Father. And that is stated right there in Matthew 16. There, calling said Simon Bar-Jonah, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Why? Because Jesus was in his humiliated state, who the he is the spirit that's made himself of no reputation. Literally put a void upon him to work his spirit. The spirit will be latent. It will not move in a self-imposed limitation upon himself called that Jesus, God himself, made himself of no reputation. Philippians 2, 6. Why? Because he's going to work only as a man. But he's going to provide himself that body of flesh. God himself will form himself a body of flesh and blood. He has to have a man. A man lost and only a man can redeem us back. That's Romans 5. For one man's disobedience sin came to the world, death by sin, therefore by one man. Shall my servant make many righteous as the offenses of one, so also the free gift is of one. A man lost and only a man can redeem us back. Our redeemer must be our kinsman. Our kinsman redeemer is one of us. We saw Jesus uh, there formed himself a body of flesh and blood. We see that in Philippians 2, 6-8. We see it again in Isaiah 43, 10. You are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, the invisible spirit of God, the self-existent eternal spirit, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent spirit, Jesus Christ, and my servant whom I have chosen. Well, in the natural, it certainly sounds like there's two. That servant whom I've chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand uh, that I am he, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Father of glory, is that man. And he goes on and explains, before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See now that I am God, thy Savior, the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, not a holy trinity. God's doing that now. What is happening throughout the world right now? Because the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. The revelation of Jesus as God is moving more with intensity in the judgments of God and frequency there in the earth. Not to destroy mankind, but to get mankind to turn back to the true and living God that Jude stated that we are to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the church, to the apostles, to the ones that knew that Jesus is the father of glory. They knew who he is, was, and is to come the almighty God. But we've lost that. Ecumenical councils and synods through the years, uh, 17 centuries ago, that we had the council of Nicaea. These councils, these ecumenical councils and synods uh, deny the only Lord God. They did not see it. It was hid. What's hid? Well, the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ, uh, Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9, in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. What is hid? Well, God is. Christ is. The Father of glory is hid, which is in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If the gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost. The foundational truth that Christ is the Spirit of God, always has been, and always will be God, 
is the truth of God and of the Father and of Christ in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let no man spoil you through vain deceit at the rudiments of this world, after vain philosophy, and not after Christ, as you have received Christ and are established in him. For in him that the man Christ Jesus dwelleth houses permanently all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Everything God is, was, or ever will be is manifest in the man Christ Jesus, who is God manifest. He's the image of the invisible God, the image of his singular person, one person, Hebrews 1, verse 3 and 4. There's not another. That's what's being revealed now to those that have an ear to hear. Most are in a Trinitarian gospel, in a Protestant that has been uh, given down through the centuries that this is the true God, that is a mystery that there's a God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. The Son of God is the Son of God, was never called God the Son, ever. The Son of God. Why? Because the Son of God is God revealed in a body of flesh and blood. It's the Father revealed. Not the Father, but the Father revealed. The Father's the invisible Spirit of God. When He's manifest, when He is seen, revealed, uncovered, and unveiled, that's the Son of God, the Father revealed, the Father revealed, the Father unveiled, the Father manifest. And that is what the book of the Revelation is all about. The revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him. What is that revelation? That he is. Revelation 1.8, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. He is the Almighty God. Paul stated it too, 1 Timothy 6, 15, 16. Jesus Christ, the blessed and only potentate. That's the omnipotent, capital P. That's the omnipotent, almighty, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent everywhere, Spirit of God, Jesus Christ. The blessed and only potentate, not another. The man Christ Jesus is that blessed and only potentate, 1 Timothy 6.15, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. That's Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, that made himself a body of flesh and blood under the law to redeem us that were under the law. To do that, he had to make himself of no reputation, Philippians 2, 6. He had to form himself a body of flesh and blood. He did that. He made himself of no reputation, that as not working as the Spirit of God that he is in any of his attributes. But he made himself of no reputation and took on him, the Spirit itself, the form of a servant. Who's the servant? Well, Isaiah 43.10 says, God said, I am that servant. Before me, there's no God form, neither shall be after me. There's the revelation. That's the whole book of the revelation that he reveals and seals, trumpets, uh, and vows of judgment where it's filled up the wrath of God for one eternal purpose that we would know him when God does this all through the the apocalyptic books, Daniel, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, all of these, he says, and you shall know when the Lord does this and his uh, judgments upon the earth, men will learn righteousness. And he says, and then you shall know that I am the Lord. You shall know that I am God and beside me there is none other. In the Pentateuch in Deuteronomy 32, God says, it's not sealed up among my treasures. God's revealing the treasures now. 
What is that? In him are hit all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. Jesus Christ only. Is this not sealed up among my treasures? What treasures be revealed? There in 2 Corinthians, uh, uh, the third chapter, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, the body of Christ, the church of the living God, the ecclesia, the called out ones. We have this treasure, and this treasure will be revealed in the last days. Is this not sealed up among my treasures? What's that? The saints of God sealed in Revelation 7 in the apocalyptic sealing there in their foreheads, having the seal of the living God. Those are the ones that are, after they have received the good word of God in present truth, in the preceding word, will be sealed. Not just one thing or one portion of it, but all promises of God being literally uh, obeyed and through these exceedingly great and precious promises and obedience to all of them, then not one of them, not one promise slipping any of us that we should seem come short of entering into his rest, Hebrews 4, that we will be sealed and made protectors of his divine nature, escaping the corruption of the world through lust. There's only way that that happened. That escape is not a rapture. It is where that our flight be in the winter. It's on the Sabbath day. Why? Because then we'll be taking great tribulation. What will happen? Revelation 12, there will be two wings of a great evil given to the woman, the church, us of the living God. Where we fly into the wilderness where God has a place prepared for us, where we're nourished from the face of the serpent for a time, times dividing by time, three and a half years, 42 months, 1,200 and three score days. Get ready for it. It's now, it's at the door. Jesus stands at the door and knock and says, if any man will hear my voice, open the door and I'll come in and sup with him and he with me and it will be for the salvation of your soul. Remember, with 7,000 uh, 487 promises of God to man. Uh, there, we are taking that to be the scholars that have gone through, taken a year and a half to find exactly how many promises of God to man in the word of God, uh, stating that that's a lot of promises. And uh, Paul said, take heed lest a singular promise slip any of you, you should seem to come short of entering to his rest. Hebrews 4.1. This is how straight the gate is and narrow the way to life. Jesus stated that. Right, that wide is the gate and brought us away the lead of destruction. Many there be that go in thereat. We're to give the more earnest heed to these things in obedience under righteousness. But we're told there's no obedience that's required. There's no sanctification process uh, that we are to be sanctified by the Spirit of God, letting God into all truth and uh, they're saved. Look at what Paul said in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter. He's talking about the time is coming that those that do not have the seal of God will be deceived through these signs, miracles, and lying wonders. You'll see that in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, and verse 10, 11, 12, all the way through. And it says that God that with uh, the coming of Satan, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, they did not receive the love of the truth, that he is God and God alone. He's the father of glory. There is no such thing as a trinity because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them God, not the devil, 
the God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned, who believe not the truth but have pleasure in unrighteousness. Righteousness is that he is God, and he is bringing us from faith to faith, from glory to glory, to the same image of the forerunner that has entered in to the image of Jesus Christ through that how. And he said, but we're bound to thank God always for you, brethren, because, beloved of the Lord, because watch how God has saved us. God hath from the beginning chosen us to salvation. How? Through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. Not just one verse, Charlie's. Now, well, I'm saved and he skipped through the, the, the tulips. Uh, uh, they're skipped to, to my dollar. It's not that. It's through the word of God and all the promises of God and obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. We find that grace reigns through righteousness. Righteousness is the spirit of God leading us into all truth, not partial truth. And that's what we see in Romans 6. Whosoever you yield your members and servants to obey him, you you the servants to whom you obey, whether of sin and the death, we miss the mark, or of obedience. Of what? These great and precious promises given to us, whereby we're made protectors of his divine nature, holiness, and without which no man shall see the Lord. And then obedience under righteousness, which yields the peaceable fruits of holiness. Romans 6. We're to grow up into Jesus in all things and all truth. Why? That we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, but we're sealed and being compacted together. Whichever joint supplies to that, if I give itself in love, that's a sealing of God and there's no chance or, or place of folly. When you have added to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, godliness brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. If these things prevail in you. There's no chance of you failing or failing of the grace of God. You will come to the measure of the statue of Jesus. Why? Because charity is the bond or guarantee of perfectness. That charity is the final epoch and perfection to the measure of the statue of Jesus. That's the reason charity will cover a multitude of sins. And that charity suffers the bottom of the self is not puffed to seek about its own rejoices in the truth. Paul stated about that in 1 Corinthians 13 and states that when I was a child, I spoke as a child, understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I moved from that Pentecostal glory there of a young man, and I came all the way to fathers to the full grown measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. And that's what we have to do now. God is coming back for a church for that spot without blemish, perfect in all of our ways, and those promises of God, which are well over 7,000, must be obeyed in order to be protectors of his divine nature, holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. God's doing it now for the work of the ministry. God calling out those that have an ear to hear and an eye, anointing the eyes with eyes and the ears to hear and hearts to believe the word of God and those that do will be sealed. If God's dealing with you, then join us. God spoke to me there in a visitation on the 19th of January, 2019, to seal his people by his word. He said, even as I send my angel ascending from the east heaven to seal the living God, so send I you. We've been doing that for over three years now. We've had a great move of God in, in Africa and India. 
with over a thousand ministers of God coming in and going into the preceding Word of God. We're wanting to invite you. Call me. Let's work together. If the Holy Ghost has been a witness through your spirit, and if you're a witness and you know that there's more to come, then, and you know that it's the truth of the living God, then give me a call. Leave your name and a message. I'll get right back to you. I look forward to meeting you. My country code is plus one, 903-746-4885. That's Dennis Beard Ministries. You have a group of ministers here that are sold out, blood-bought, and have forsaken all that we have to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. There we, there are missionaries. They're not only in America, but India, Africa, uh, Pakistan, etc. as well. And we want you to join us. There, if you can, and uh, you feel that you're to help, well then by all means, uh, help us financially with your prayer for support and financial donations. And we will know that God will bless you for it. If you can join us and go along with us in this great army of God, then we want to give you that cordial invitation. There again, give me a call, leave your name and phone number, I'll get right back to you. There, plus one, the country code, 903-746-4885. There, I look forward to hearing from you. Now we pray that God perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented uh, blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.